Stories on Media. This is Coming Out Stories. It's a podcast about one of the most important conversations of your life. I'm Emma Goswell. You're now going to hear from someone that came out a bit later in life. She's called Naomi. She lives in Berlin, where she works as a primary school teacher and a filmmaker. But she grew up in South Africa and Namibia. I actually interviewed her in Wales at the Elfest Music Festival. I'm a lesbian. It took me a while to get there. How long are we talking? I got divorced last year in July. Officially, I've moved out two, three years before, but I was married 23 years to a man. (laughs) It was a thing of noticing after five, seven years already that it, that it didn't work. We try to keep everything together because we have two kids. I have two lovely kids. They've grown up now. They're great. And I think we stayed together because of that. And I didn't want to come out, sort of, Ooh. tell everybody. It was difficult. It, it took a while for me to find myself. I had a problem figuring out who I am. Why don't I feel good with myself and I always try to please other people and and things like that and I realized also from growing up so I grew up in a very Christian African way so where were you growing up I grew up in half in Namibia and half in South Africa and my dad because he is a preacher we moved around a lot and he's a preacher so I cannot (laughs) be there saying I like girls but I did um, wanted to do more things with them and everybody told me you're weird Naomi is always the weird one my parents actually begged me when high school was finished shall we look for someone so that you can go to the farewell party because I didn't want to go with any boy it was a big thing I had Mm. to go and Mm. they actually asked someone from church (laughs) and I went with one of the sweet guys from church and yeah I remember this dress my mom made for me and so that I can go there but it wasn't really it wasn't me so I'm guessing if your dad was a preacher, he was very much against homosexuality, was he? Did he, did he talk <laughs> about dad, it ever? My dad never talked. Uh, I grew up in a community where you do not talk about these things. Girls especially, you don't see, and you just do what you're told to do. And I don't even think they know really that I'm a lesbian. Are your parents? Yeah. Yeah. My mom died. They they, they know that I make these movies, but I think it's more a case of, oh, Naomi is a movie maker. It's not a case like she is a lesbian. Mm -hmm. And I just have my brother-in-law who's the one who really stands behind me and he knows it. And he even told me, don't tell your sister because she might not accept it so well or you two might not Mm. be able to talk about it. And I'm still at that point. So you haven't told your sister? No. Okay, okay. Uh, Do you mind me asking how old you are then? Because you literally only only came out to yourself, what, last year? I came out to myself about, mm, yeah, I think last year or the the year before I sort of started, as soon as I moved out, I I couldn't take my marriage anymore. It wasn't that we had fights or things like that. And my ex even told me, you know what, Naomi, I think you're a lesbian because (laughs) this is not working. We tried everything. I felt guilty because of this whole Christian upbringing. I felt guilty because I'm the woman. I'm supposed to make things work and have things 
stand behind everybody and see that everything works out. But I couldn't take it anymore. In one night, I just said, stop. I can't do this anymore. And then he got a he got another woman. Uh, was a big thing anyway. It was already over with me, and I said I'm moving out. Mm. So I actually did something anti-Christian, anti-African. I moved out instead of the man. And so, how, do you mind me asking how old you are? Fifty-three. So you really didn't come out till you were about 51? That's a long time. That's a long time to hold something in. I I must say I did a lot of therapy Mm. when I moved out. Even before, I came to a point where I wasn't satisfied with with myself. Mm. I I felt like I needed to find myself. Mm. And it took a while. It's still taking... Yeah. It's a journey, isn't it? It's a journey. It's still taking. And that's why, for me, sometimes talking about these things, I'm not sure always, okay, how are people going to... Okay, she says she's lesbian and she uh, she was married and she's not saying and stuff like that. But I find a venting place through my my riding and I think mm. I all I, I'm a rider I mm-hmm. always I always write about women's stories mm. and I started this series about this lesbian couple who stands up for everybody else and now I'm doing this whole thing giving people women a voice to just speak up even though I'm sometimes also have some problems with that but I'm getting there I'm getting there you you're you're the voice for for other people then aren't you really? yeah I'm really the I'm trying to be the voice and I'm I feel very happy also when I reach at least one or two women especially from my community or from my age group mm-hmm. from where I grew up who realize okay I can say what I want to say. Mm. I can be what I want to be. I don't just have to stand behind a man. Or mm. I can just be who I am. So what was the conversation like then when you had to turn around to your husband and say, I am leaving and it's because I'm a lesbian? How did I that didn't get tell a... him that I'm a lesbian. He figured it out. Mm. I, I just said, I'm leaving. He's t- telling me, you know what, you're weird. This can't be. And Of course, this whole divorce, man, woman thing. Mm. And, fine. and I really thought, the problem it's just me it's just me it's just me and that took a while for me to figure out that it's not me it's not that I did something wrong yeah, it's just, just the way you are <laughs> it's just the way I am and mm. the sooner I start realizing it the better I feel and I must say the sooner I realize that I accept myself more yeah. And were there no signs before then? Were there like when you were growing up, when you were a teenager? Did was, you ever feel attracted to other women? I felt attracted to a lot of girls, but I always thought, no, me, table, get away, this is a friend, just you can go visit. And mm. There was nothing like that when mm. I grew up. I grew up really in an African community. Mm. When you're a girl and you want to play or visit a girl, it's okay. It's not a case of you want to be more. But I always, I, I remember I had a few friends, girlfriends that I always wanted to visit and I always mm. wanted to see where they are, but I wasn't allowed to. And ach, when we go to church, you can say hi and then it's okay and stuff like that. Gosh. When I grew up, yeah. yeah. So I guess it was a difficult conversation, was it, telling your children? Did you tell them that you're they, gay? Or? They figured it out. Okay. <laughs> my kids are, my son is 19, my daughter is 22 now. 
Yeah, and I think they figured it out, the whole mm. thing, because I'm always talking about it, and they're the ones who come visit me and asking what, and I was telling them about this festival. Oh, you're going, so that's great, just do something. <laughs> <laughs> Do they want to encourage you to get a girlfriend now? I think so. They, yeah. they, they, because I've been, um, we separated now two years. I said, no, the big thing for me is I... I think it's this whole process of first finding myself. Mm-hmm. So you haven't you haven't explored having a girlfriend yet? No. <laughs> wow. Okay. You're so you're probably the first you're lesbian I've interviewed then that actually has you haven't had a girlfriend yet. You're still waiting. <laughs> she's put her hands in front she's put her hands in front of her face. Why is that embarrassing? That's not embarrassing. Some people are just slow developers. Yeah. <laughs> you come into I, it later in life. Yeah, I think yeah. I am, yeah. But I'm I realise that I am. I actually feel proud about it. Yeah, I'm starting to see it also now, mm. wherever I go and so. But I haven't actually like a lot that I see these conversations young girls have with their parents mm. or family sit down and say, okay, people, I am lesbian. I haven't done mm. that. So I still have to go to Namibia and maybe sit down. I've been putting that conversation off, (laughs) going there and saying, I'm doing this movies, this is it, and so, but I think I'm slowly getting there. It's almost like your work is outing you, isn't it? Yeah. It's kind of doing it for you. Yeah, you're not I having to have this conversation because you're making lesbian yeah, films. Yeah. The people in Berlin accepted me as lesbian immediately. The mm. one lady, I work a lot in the women's centres. They ask mm. me to talk about stuff and talk to other women to empower them. They told me, oh, we didn't even think you were married to a man. We just thought you were a lesbian, so it's I didn't need to say anything. Yeah. And I think they're probably generalising slightly more tolerant in Berlin than they might I be think, in Namibia. Yeah, of course. Oh, that's yeah. world support. Germans don't care. Germans don't care as long as you do your work. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they accepted me just, they said, no, we thought you were a lesbian, so... Oh. So tell us a little bit about your film series then, because ah. I've just been very lucky to see one of your four films, yeah. um, which I have to say was incredibly harrowing. And it's about young lesbians being murdered in Namibia because of their sexuality. And that is something that is going on, right? Yes, that is definitely something that's going on. And I choose, I chose this whole theme because visibility of lesbians in Namibia is up to zero Mm. and people are only starting now to say okay my my daughter is different it's okay stuff Mm. like that the lesbians have been sneaking around in secret to Mm. meet each other but girls do get murdered every week every day they get raped and this is so-called corrective rape, it's, is that right? It's called corrective rape on one sense, that they get raped because they're lesbian, so to get them proper, whatever. To supposedly, so, supposedly, supposedly cure not. them. Yeah. And then there are the gender-based violence, just mm. because if someone, if people notice that you are closer to girl if you're a girl that the girls also get killed and what is really horrifying it's not just killing it's really humiliating it's demeaning it's killing it's cutting throat off it's raping and 
I, with my fourth uh, thing, I really chose this whole uh, rubbish dump because in Namibia a lot of these girls are found by places like this with people who clean up or they have to put things away and then there's suddenly a body there and then they have to figure out who this is and Mm. stuff. And that for me is, is... Horrifying. Well, I have to say, I watched the film about an hour ago and I found it utterly horrifying. And I kind of thought it's almost something that's fantastical is the wrong word, but it seems so otherworldly. It just yeah. seems like, how can this be happening? And then you're telling me that lesbians are being murdered on yeah, a weekly basis is, for their sexuality, yeah. not for any other reason. No, no, no. It is the sexuality thing. And of course, there is a big corruption. Mm. I think everybody knows if people are poor. People are trying to get something from other people. Okay, I'm gonna hold a gun against your head. Give me, give me, give me. Of course, that is there. That is also a lot of corruption. But when it comes to women and when it comes to girls, girls get raped because, ah, raped and killed because of who they love. That's absolutely terrifying. So, do women ever come out as yeah, gay? Yeah, there are lots, mm-hmm. and they are really mobilizing themselves they were very proud they had the second pride parade now and there were 50 lesbians walking and they actually wow. got a lot of the community people it wasn't it was about 100 people i was so sad that i wasn't there because it is really something that's going on they actually also did this here something like a slut march or these these things where they the girls put on the short skirts and say you can't just rape me because i, I do this and there were actually women African women in cars who wrote to them and said, how can you do this? I have to tell my kids in the car that you're walking around like that, go put some clothes on you, that's why you get raped, that's why you do other things, stuff like that. So it is, uh, it is a thing in the heads of people that, that you need to change and I'm trying to, to give people this idea to show them, yeah, look, it is there. Well, it sounds like it's changing incredibly slowly because yeah. the other interesting thing you said was you actually cast some real lesbians yeah. from Namibia yeah. in, in your film and, and they were happy to come forward. They were happy to come forward. They said, no, this is cool. There's nothing like this. I want to play. I want to play. They were The, the mm. lady was casting said, there were so many girls we couldn't choose. Oh, wow. <laughs> These girls were so great and they all just wanted to be part of it. So it was, mm. for me, it was heartwarming because we were still standing on the sets and talking about these things and these girls were just telling, oh, this is so true, Naomi, we're so happy that you're doing this and that we can be seen. If people want to see your films, just remind us what they're called and where they can find them. It's called the Centre Series, but it's not online at the moment because I'm doing a festival run. And after that, I'm going to build on telefilms. It's the USA platform for lesbian films. And the other heartwarming thing was um, who's funded it, considering it's a film about lesbians in Namibia, and and who's put money behind it? The Namibian Film Commission. I must say it's a long journey. I made uh, four, yeah, three other films. I produced it myself about this theme, about especially lesbians and domestic violence and stuff like that. I always try and put it together, but always have this main lesbian theme there. And I couldn't get them to sponsor. I went to the Berlinale twice where they were, but they had a lot of guys visiting. Men, of course, these big African men standing there. 
And then I want to have funding for a lesbian film. I said, people, you're funding Namibian films. You're coming to Berlin. You're mm. saying you're Namibia. I'm a Namibian. Why can't you fund oh, me? And I think people started changing. And when I went to visit them again before they gave the funding, there was a woman in the team. And I made sure that I caught her. They were very upset that I made an extra point. And I said, you here for Namibia? <laughs> I'm Namibian. Oh, I am Namibia. <laughs> so yeah, they yeah. sponsored the whole thing. And I am so happy about that. Yeah, and they now so happy that I'm taking it all over. <laughs> well, this is great. You are. And so you're now an out and proud sort of lesbian filmmaker. Yes. So you are going to... Do you think you will have that conversation with you? I will have because I have... P- I've been, they put me on the front page of one of the big newspapers as someone writing about lesbians mm. in Namibia. I was big on the front page. Mm. And I asked my brother-in-law, so what was the reaction of the family? He said, no one is talking about it. And that's the thing. Mm. You don't talk about what's happening. And that's what I'm doing. Mm. I'm talking about what's happening behind closed doors. You're a mold breaker. But you will have that conversation at some point. I will, I will, I will. I'm getting there. I've planned to do it anyway. Last year I was shooting, so I thought, no, Mm. let's not talk about these things. I went down there. I normally try and go home from Berlin once a year. And I think I'm going to go in Christmas, but I'm not sure if this is a conversation for Christmas. But anyway... (laughs) Well, there's, there's never a right time sometimes, there's never a good time. I, th- I think so, but I'm f- feeling good with myself at okay. the moment and I can just encourage girls to stand up and decide for themselves and say, oh, this is how I feel, this is who I am, and I think this is, this is the most empowering thing. What you could do is listen back to all my podcasts because yeah. you could actually listen to loads of examples of other people yeah. who've had that conversation yeah. with their parents to see how it's gone. That, that might be useful for you, I don't know. Yeah, I think I'm going to do that. <laughs> but I think I also have to have a whole different approach because of this whole church thing. Mm-hmm. I, well, normally normally at this stage in the interview as well, I say, have you got any advice for other people that haven't done it yet? But, you know, as someone that hasn't fully done it yet, yeah. would you have anything that you wish you could have told your younger self? Looking back on your life. Yeah. I think I would have told my 16-year-old, Naomi, you like this girl, just go and ask her out. And don't be scared of what the family say, what your parents will say. Have a look what's happening. Yeah. And your life could have been very different. I mm. think my life could have been really different on the side when it comes to sexual experience and relationships. I'm very careful with relationships. So... I don't know. I want it to be special. <laughs> it's just. But I love it. what I love about you, though, is that you, you are like a teenager in the <laughs> sense that you are. You're just going through what you know. I, I went know. through when I was like 17, 18, yeah. but you're going through it at 52. Yeah, that is what uh, I've been looking at. All these young girls, and they're so happy to be who they are, and so. And then I'm just sitting, and then okay, you know. But I'm also but, happy. I like. <laughs> you're not dead, are you? You've got no, loads no. of years ahead no, of you to I, enjoy. I, I'm starting now, yeah. and I, the co-star that I have, who's playing my partner, she's a very good friend of mine. We're very close, and she's always kicking my ass about this. <laughs> Can you just forget about other people? This is you, and <laughs> stuff like that. It took, yeah, it takes so long, but I'm getting there. <laughs> she's right, though. So I think for you, life begins at 53, yeah? Life begins at 53 for me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So good to talk to Naomi Bukes-Meyer. I do feel like we should do a follow-up episode, though, just to find out what happened next. I do recommend checking out her films, though. They're called The Centre Series, and you can find out more at thecentreseries.com. Please do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. We'd also love to hear from you on Twitter. You can find us there at Come Out Stories. I'm Emma Goldswell, and Coming Out Stories is a What Goes On media production. Next time round on Coming Out Stories, you'll hear from stand-up comedian Kate McCabe. She grew up in Erie, Pennsylvania, uh, but then went to university in New York City, where despite having a gay best friend, you will never believe who she chose to come out to first. The first person I actually came out to, besides myself, a priest. Wow. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that. You know, growing up Catholic, I was still trying to live who I was in New York City. You know, I didn't want to go to New York City and become like a completely different person. Mm. So I was still going to church every Sunday morning. And I went to a confessional and, you know, the the priest is behind the thing. And I just say, uh, I think I I think I might be gay. Technically, they're not really allowed to be like, cool.